Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 174 of A Play on Nerds, which I'm affectionately calling Elemental Krollcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jarman. And I'm the other host of the Elemental Krollcast, Steve. <laughs> That's just our new podcast. We're just talking about Elemental the and elemental. Kroll. We just compare Kroll to different things. It's just all the whole <laughs> podcast, every episode. Exactly. So we're, as we were just hinting at, we're in honor of the new Pixar film, Elemental, which I'm sure all of you are buzzing about. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about something with other elemental forces and something magical, which is Kroll, the 80s classic 1983 swords and sorcery thing which steve wrote here lovingly uh the story of nature balance and love fire and water coming together to form something magical <laughs> i love that's that. right <laughs> that's exactly how it's like elemental and why we're honoring it that makes so much sense i think <laughs> uh but before we get to that jarman what have you been up to since last we spoke uh i basically been doing lots of wedding preparations because it's coming up in just under like 20 days now or something um so i have uh we did the final venue floral decorations meeting uh, we did an engagement shoot, which is really late, but uh, we bought a photographer for the wedding and they gave us a free engagement shoot with this. So we're like, why not? So we haven't gotten those photos back yet, but they should be That's fun. pretty cool, at least. Yeah, it was included, which is pretty nice. And then we did a cake tasting. We're just going with Publix, which is a like a grocery store supermarket chain around here that does really good cakes. Um, and so we're doing that for that. We haven't picked out a flavor yet. And Jolie had her bachelorette weekend with her uh, Florida chicks and her sister was able to come to that as well. And they nice. had a fun time at like a resort place over the weekend. And uh, I think that's pretty much it at the moment. Everything else is almost planned out. We have a string quartet coming to play for like the cocktail hour, which is going to play nerdy and movie songs and video game soundtracks and stuff, which is pretty fun. Um, which you and I won't hear too much of because we'll be taking photos and that kind of stuff while it's going on. But uh, we'll be trying to keep it together while sneaking drinks. <laughs> there you go. And also, uh, so moving on to Steve, I think you and Anna had an anniversary recently, didn't you? We did. Anna and I uh, celebrated our 12th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. That's right. We're getting old. A long time. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old. You're still young and not married yet. So. Even, even though I'm older than you by doesn't months. matter. <laughs> Milestone wise. But once you get married. Five years immediately. <laughs> Just oh, gone. I'm done. Especially <laughs> kids. It takes out five more years. You get years. married next day, you're 43. <laughs> That's going to feel that way after this wedding's done. That's right. Oh. Um, so we had our 12th wedding anniversary, which was fun. Uh, and... Uh, then this past weekend, we had like a weekend just of nonstop family stuff. Mm. Uh, my, my cousin Tessa and her now husband Dave got married. Uh, speaking of the anniversary... We met Dave for the first time 12 years ago when Tessa brought him as her date to our wedding. Oh, wow. What are the chances? Right? Uh, And that was like his big debut to the family at large. And they finally just got married. That's crazy. Um, And so we got to see a bunch of family. We got to go to a dinner at my aunt's place and then the wedding. 
And then the next day we went down to my uncle Harry. He has a, they bought a, a an abandoned church oh, <laughs> and renovated it. And it's amazing. It is just amazing. This old redone church. Um, and we got to do a big family thing there with food and animals and time down at the river. What are they going to do uh, with the church? I don't, I mean, they got two kids. Maybe they'll probably leave it to one of them. But like, just use it for activities and stuff, or like, yeah, they use it for family gatherings and that kind of thing. Hmm. That's fun. Um, and then so, but then today we were like, you know, we're taking the day off. So we had a day of like solitude, and we got grocery shopping done, and I made soup. <laughs> Lovely. It was like it was just a quiet day at home we needed. And today, a lot of people have off in the U.S. because it's now Juneteenth, which is a federal holiday. Which I believe celebrates, um, you know, kind of black history, but also the a, a date, which I should know more about. <laughs> noticing how ignorant I am of it, but it's something to do with, I think. Uh, it's the, the day that uh, Texas recognized. Um, oh, the abolition of slavery, I think. Yeah, there we go. It's like the last state, the last holdout, of course, it was Texas. I'm surprised it wasn't Florida, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I had off today, luckily. Nice. And, to, and made the most of it. Absolutely. A little relaxation. That's right. But uh, does that take us to some nerd news? I guess it does. It's time for Nerdy News. All right. My cheeky name for my news story this week is Brewing Something Up. Nice. Well, the Tilla Glossa is a type of bee, but unlike most of the bees we know, this bee's a single mom. Uh, she lives underground and uses a gland on her stomach to make a natural plastic that under a microscope has similar structure to man-made polyester. She uses this to make these underground chambers with these plastic-like walls. Then she lays her eggs. Then she goes and gets nectar and comes and fills in these like plastic containers. So the egg matures in there. The goo, like the, the nectar, <laughs> turns into alcohol. Ooh. And the babies hatch, and they, like, drink this alcoholic yum-yum-yum until they're ready to leave the nest. <laughs> Drunk babies, um, basically. Yeah, and they say that it actually smells uh, like beer. Oh, cool. The scientists studying this. They looked more further into it, though, uh, at the fermentation process, what's causing it, but they didn't find any yeast. Instead, this was actually bacterial fermentation, Ooh. and the researchers said that it was more akin to a, how yo a yogurt or sauerkraut Ooh. ferment than it is to beer. Doesn't sound less appealing. <laughs> no. So maybe that's coming to a store near you. Sauerkraut little, beer. <laughs> little tiny plastic jugs. Mm. Artisanal. Bee, bee spit. <laughs> it's it's mm. organic. <laughs> Uh, and that is brewing something up. <laughs> Sounds delicious. You and your bug That's news. Right. It's always delicious. That's right. Love my bug news. And that brings us to our main segment of Crawl. Crawl! Crawlcast. <laughs> yeah, Crawlcast podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Crawl. Uh, a mysterious castle erupts from the earth and a voiceover conveniently tells us that the beast and his armies are conquering the world of Krull. But there is a prophecy that a royal marriage will save the realm. 
bam, they're getting ready for the ceremony uh, where they pass each other fire uh, to show that they're married. But then there's an attack by the army of the beast. Uh, but before the bride can give him back the fire, oh, God, it's interrupted. They take the girl. They kill everybody. And the hero barely escapes. He is aided by Obi-Wan. I mean, you're near. Fake Nobi. <laughs> fake, fake, fake Kenobi, who tells him of a uh, magical item that he has to retrieve to defeat the beast. And there's like there's like uh, lasers and and guns at the same time as swords. Yeah, there's spears and stuff. Uh, He has to climb a mountain, retrieves the weapon by pulling it out of lava. And it's like this five bladed throwing knife. And it's just a great way to lose fingers. (laughs) Um, The old man then reveals that he knows he doesn't know how to get to the castle, but he knows who knows where to find the castle, which apparently moves all the time. And they've got a venture to find this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then proceed on this adventure. They put together a ragtag group of uh, thieves, mercenaries, a seer and a half-assed wizard, and also a cyclops in there somewhere. Uh, along the way, they're stopped by a body snatcher sent by the beast, and they nearly all drown in sinking sand. Uh, they make their way to the one who knows the location, this widow, and it's this spider lady in the middle of this spider web. And the old man, Obi-Wan Snowy, has to go seduce her or something uh, before being eaten by a huge spider. He sacrifices himself. Once again, not Obi-Wan Kenobi, but definitely Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and provides them a location, which it turns out is so far away they can't get there. Until they go and they lasso some fire mares. Yeah. And they make it in time to catch the castle. Uh, now, in a reversal of the first third of the movie... They lose their ragtag group along the way as they venture further, further into this castle. Some of them succumbing to guards, others to traps. The Cyclops crushed in a door. Uh, And at one point, the boy and the wizard are cut off, and the wizard turns himself into a tiger and then sacrifices himself defending the boy. Uh, The prince fights his way to his love using the glaive, taking on the beast. uh, But then with the glaive gone, they don't know what to do. Oh, God, they're cornered. Uh Oh, but what do they? Oh, they've got to complete the wedding ceremony where she passes the fire to him, and then he uses fire powers to burn the beast. Uh, the the beast is defeated. The cap, castle is collapsing around them. They flee. Uh, the the prince now king makes a outlaw the Lord Marshal with like no second guess. <laughs> Uh, the magician somehow makes it, and uh, they live happily ever after, and they're destined to rule the universe, I guess. So two things I noticed from your recap. One, you skipped over like the, the old green wizard guy completely, which he was- I said the seer. Oh. <laughs> like, I thought, and I, and missed- I made reference to the doppelganger. He's so unnecessary. Like- He's just like, it was so fast. Um, but also, is Kroll the name of the world, the name of the bad guy? I didn't really notice. Kroll is the name of the world. Okay. I lost track of that. When the I was glaive the <laughs> is the five-bladed thing. Right. And the beast is the bad guy. But he doesn't Kroll have a name. is the name of the world. Okay. I, I should have He's just that. the beast. Like 666, the number of the beast. Yes, the beast. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, this was a movie. It was we watched Beastmaster last episode, so I can't help but, you know, compare and contrast because it came out around the same time, both sword and sorcery movies. Um, so how do you think it compared? <laughs> um, this one, this felt like it had more creative integrity mm-hmm. than Beastmaster. Like somebody really had a vision 
yeah. for this thing, uh, no matter how bad it was. But in that regard, I would still say Beastmaster is more entertaining. <laughs> like, really? I found this, this one, one more This one has more vision, but I, I think Beastmaster is more entertaining because at least you get cool animals doing stuff. <laughs> I guess so. We still had a tiger in both, so that worked out well. That's right. <laughs> um, so some things I liked about this movie mm-hmm. is immediately I, w- I thought to myself, man, the music in this movie is really good. Fantastic music. Fantastic music. So I look it up, and it's this guy, James Horner, mm-hmm. who at this point hadn't done a whole lot, but afterwards went on to do, all right, the list is long, 48 Hours, Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, Cocoons, Aliens, Michael Jackson's Captain EO, An American Tale, Project X, Batteries Not Included, Willow. Uh, the Land Before Time, Field of Dreams, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, Sneakers, Swing Kids, The Far Off Place, Searching for Bobby Fischer, The Pelican Brief, The Page Master, Legends of the Fall, Braveheart, Casper, Apollo 13, Jumanji, Titanic, Deep Impact, Bicentennial Man, The Perfect Storm, Wind Talkers, Radio, Troy, Apocalypto, Avatar, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Magnificent Seven. So much. And that wasn't even all of them. Legendary music. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> so to hear it here, it just it lends a level of integrity to this movie that otherwise is kind of meh. It's like he was early in his career, so they didn't know who they had. And he was just he was much better than they expected. Like, holy shit, who is this guy? <laughs> That's right. Um, so it definitely has that going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before Crawl, his big things were 48 hours and Wrath of Khan. Which is pretty good, you know. Which is still stuff. pretty good, but to do that and then do like the next sixty films he did is just nuts. So I will say my first thing was definitely the music because it hits you right in the face and start the movie off. Um, but also I'd say the fight scenes were pretty good in this one. Like I think much better than Beastmaster because Beastmaster you could see them like you know marking everything and it was it was really you could see the guys in the background just standing around. This one had also like the swords with like the fire on them that they were put in afterwards and special effects like that was really cool. So like I think the fight scenes were. Very good, in my opinion. And lasers and all that jazz. Uh, I can agree with that. It was interesting to see because they kept, unlike Star Wars, they kept it more feudal mm-hmm. and like medieval. And so because of that, it felt okay that like the bad guys had a single blast and then would turn and would fight hand to hand. Yeah. And so it made it feel a little bit better. That they, these weren't just people shooting at each other with laser guns. Like stormtroopers who can't hit anything. <laughs> right. Stormtroopers get one shot, and then they got to go in there with their batons or whatever. And they even had batons in the original series. It's like they, they had that later on. But, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the other thing I liked, great cast in this thing yeah. when you really look at it. Uh, Lisette Anthony from Dracula Dead and Loving It. Which we've also reviewed love, this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Alan Armstrong from Braveheart, Sleepy Hollow, and The Mummy Returns. You'd recognize him. Uh, David Batley. He's a British comedic actor, also known for being the science teacher in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Neeson, who is Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's? <laughs> uh, Robbie Coltrane, Hagrid from Harry Potter. And Gooby from one of my all-time favorite kids' films, Gooby. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's refreshing. It's one of those ones that came out while well, I was at Blockbuster. So it's the only reason I saw it. Yeah, and I will add to the whole cast being good is I didn't recognize the lead lead guy like Corwin, but he was like more Han Solo esque, like a swashbuckler as opposed to Beastmaster, just being like a Conan ripoff. Like he's just a buff dumb guy. 
Like I liked Corwin. He was kind of like a smart, fun, swashbuckling, you know, charismatic kind of guy, which I think was more interesting of a lead character than Beastmaster. Not that we're comparing the two of those movies, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I thought this had really good, pretty good visual effects. I agree. And the stuff that could be done practically and easily was done practically and easily. You know, like the lava stuff was all just like practical, easy stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of the visual in the camera shots, especially at the end where he's fighting the beast, like that's all classic. Yeah, like the painted backdrops of, of the time. In one of the yeah. scenes, if you look at the top right, I forgot what scene it is, but you can see the edge of the backdrop where they, they stopped painting. <laughs> there's just black there. And I'm like, oops, they, should, they got that in the shot. But I forgot that it was a painting because it looks so practical and cool. And someone did a giant mural for that, which is really impressive. But yeah, so it's just it's from a different time in cinema. And so it's kind of a fun capsule of that. Yeah, if you look, I think all the costumes, the practical effects, the... um. The, the beast actually was done. It was one of the first ever um, animatronic creatures that was fully wireless. Like it was all radio controlled. Um, it was the first one wow. of the first time they'd ever done that. And so it was something it would look kind of funny at first because they made it look like it was huge, but it really wasn't. And but it was just so well done for the time, I think, for sure. And the last thing I would say is I love the group of adventurers. They feel like a really funny D&D party. Like you have the bad wizard. Uh, who keeps like putting spells on himself by accident? You have the swashbuckler, the thieves, the the big cyclops, the the old Obi Wan Kenobi bard kind of guy. I guess he had the knowledge, but he didn't really do much. Yeah, else I besides could say that. Eating new things. That was pretty much it. Um, but yeah, I, I love the group a lot more than, of course, Beastmaster. But just in general, I thought it was a fun group. Um, but now Steve dislikes. What do you, what do you got for me? <laughs> so visually, this suffered from a, something that Beastmaster also suffered from, which was like implied violence or indirect violence. Mm. Where they did it multiple times um, where they would cut the camera at the last minute and just show us like a reaction to the violence. Ah. That was just kind of uh, the most noticeably. It was when the seer is killed by his doppelganger. He's like, who's there? And the <laughs> doppelganger comes up on him and he like and you see the doppelganger and his hands are like out of frame and he's just shaking and like gritting his teeth. And I'm like, what? Is that? Oh, the seer's dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because that PG rating, they're really holding on to it with all their might. Right, right. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, that was unnecessary. That's bad. And that happened a lot. There was, there was a lot of that. Yeah. And I'd say another thing is, whereas Beastmaster is pretty straightforward, uh, this one was, the plot was pretty convoluted and unclear at times. And like, it kept averting into side quests. Oh, well, we can't get the seer. We have to go here. We can't do that. We have to go this thing. And I was like, that's kind of cool from like a D&D campaign standpoint. But like in the movie, it's like, all right, what are we doing next? Why are we doing this? What's the eventual goal here? I've forgotten what the point was. You know, like it was just a, a <laughs> lot going on. Um, and a lot of the scenes were just went on a little too long. Um, like the walking, they'd be walking for a while. And it's like, okay, we know they're walking. Or the fight scenes are going a little too long. Or it's like they could cut so much out. It could be like a half hour shorter. And they wouldn't have cut anything important out of the movie. I think it would be a lot better. Um, and not really strong female characters as usual for the 80s. But like the princess was interesting at first because like she had to choose her husband and she had power of her own. But then she was just a damsel in distress the rest of the movie. Um, and she did play like a key part in that. Like she's the one that realized like, oh, you have to take the fire for me. Right. It's not you. It's it's not me. It's you. It's always been you. like. 
you know, that was okay. But even that, like before that, you're right. She was just running around while the beast tormented <laughs> her every time we checked in on her. Yeah, they kept c- check- cutting in on her. She's just running around in circles in her white dress. Like, oh, oh. But the Black Widow character was interesting. Like the whole, whole whole story about she was young and pretty once. And then she, you know, she had to kill their son or she killed their son because she was so angry that he left her. And that was fascinating. But it, she died. So, you know, it was gone pretty quick. But I don't know. Yeah, they, took, that, they, I, they took care of that. They took care of that. I like this movie. Otherwise, I thought it was actually fun. And I can see why it's like a cult classic now, because it's very campy, very 80s D&D style for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you if you don't want to watch Star Wars again, this is a fair choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need some more Liam Neeson's in your life. Liam Neeson, Robbie Coltrane. You don't always it's see great. Robbie Coltrane, but uh, he's he's there somewhere under that makeup. No, he is. He dies. No, no, no. He's, that's not him. He's like just one of the guys. I thought he was the Cyclops. No, that's some other rando. Oh, so that oh that guy Robbie with Coltrane the mustache. Is just like a, he just has like a, yeah, he kind of has a baby face. Oh, I thought he was the Cyclops. Oh, that makes more sense. I didn't really recognize him yeah he only has like two big shots of the whole thing oh he's so young looking that is robbie coltrane you're right i was gonna say because he's only six foot one i looked up his height i'm like he's not that tall why does he always play these huge guys but he just happened to play hagrid but he's he was not the, the cyclops okay that makes more sense uh but yes i mean trivia time yeah trivia baby all right so for five months a cast and crew of several hundred created the planet oh the planet of Kroll. there we go inhabiting 10 sound stages and 23 different sets. So it was a huge, huge production in London over at Pinewood Studios. Uh, it was one of the most expensively produced movies of its time, like in that year, like it was huge. Um, so they were gambling a lot on this. And several games were developed and released as promotional tie-ins, including two Parker Brothers games, a card game, and a board game. And a home video game was developed for the Atari 5200 system, um, which I'd never heard of, Super System. But because of low sales, it was changed to the Atari 2600 video game console. And an arcade game called Crawl 1983 was manufactured by D. Gottlieb and Company. And it uh, had a a Crawl pinball game, but it was eventually canceled and never went to full production. Only 10 uh, test unit prototypes exist. And I'm sure they're worth a ton of money out there somewhere. Um, The stunt coordinator scoured the United Kingdom for 16 Clydesdale horses to make them as the fire horses. Um, The horses... Um, some of them from the Queen's Household Cavalry uh, near Buckingham Palace were borrowed and brought to the studio's back lot, which is pretty neat. So they belong to the Queen. <laughs> wow. Um, as a promotional gimmick for the film, the studio created an essay contest for people to get married dressed in costumes from the movie. And a dozen lucky winners were married off in a one-day ceremony in 1983. But the gimmick dropped off af- afterwards since it garnered no additional press coverage for the film. <laughs> And the glaive, the the, we, the scary weapon from this that it's like you'll cut off your hand, uh, was later seen quickly in a battle sequence in Ready Player One, used by the character Show. Oh um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And since around 1980, this movie has been rumored to have been originally been planned to tie in with the role playing game Dungeons and Dragons, and was to be known as Dragons of Kroll, for which a screenplay was being written. But according to Gary Gygax, to the best of my knowledge and belief, the producers of Kroll never approached TSR for a license to enable their film to use the D&D game IP and did not draw inspiration from the game IP. But I bet they kind of did. Um, the quicksand in the swamp, talking about practical effects, it was four tons of painted cork that was used as that quicksand, which is really gross. Wow. 
the show business magazine trade paper Variety described the movie at the time as Excalibur meets Star Wars, which is pretty true. Uh, the director, Peter Yates, reportedly hated making this film so much that he took a vacation to the Caribbean in the middle of filming. And this led to the special effects team taking a three week break as well, because they're like, well, you're taking a break. We're taking a break. Uh, this film contains several obvious similarities to the Lord of the Rings, such as the Dark Lord's evil eye, the magical sword weapon like sting, uh, the sinister guards reminiscent of the Black Riders and the giant spider and web. That's like Shelob, amongst other things. And the last one, the destruction of the Black Fortress at the end of the film was filmed upside down. And that's how it appears that pieces were ascended into the sky, which is pretty creative. Um, but it was a cool practical effect. And overall, pretty fun movie. Yeah, I'd say it's worth a watch. And that brings us to my bit for the day. It's called Ooh. Mythical Misquotes. And I'm very excited. So what we're going to do here, Steve, is I have 20 quick quotes. 20 of, quick quotes. All right. A random amount of them are, we don't know how much, it's not half and half. Some of them are from real movies, and some of them okay. are, are fake quotes from a fake, a non-existent. Uh, oh my god! Movie. Okay, we're gonna try. So you get you can get points for each. If you get two points, if you can say it's real and guess the movie, um, and then just one point if you say it's it's a fake quote and you're right. So okay. if you just know it's from a movie, that's fine. You'll get a point. But if you can get, guess the movie, you get a second point. Okay. All right. So here we go. Whew. In the end, it is a tale of good triumphing over evil through the strength of the human spirit. Fake. That is real. Damn. That is from the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from 2000. And these are lines, actual lines from these movies. Yes. All right. Okay. Here's the second one. I tried talking to a magical tree yesterday. Turns out it was more of a shrubbery. Disappointing, really. That's fake. That is fake. You are correct. All right. All right. (laughs) All right. Sometimes the only way to uh, catch an uncatchable woman is to offer her a wedding ring. Real. That is real. Can you guess the movie? Maybe fantasy or sword and sorcery kind of thing. Stardust. Oh, not quite. It is The Princess Bride. Okay. I'm Uh, fine with that. (laughs) It is our choices that show us what we truly are far more than our abilities. Real. Real. That is real. Can you guess what it's from? Not a clue. That could be from anything. <laughs> it's true. But Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, man. All right. Sorcery is not a weapon. It is but a tool to shape the world. That's fake. That is real. And it's from Damn. a movie we've, we've done on this podcast before. <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yes. It's Nicholas Cage. God damn it. I'm actually going to give you a point just for <laughs> second guessing that one. All right. In the, yeah. in the Clash of Steel, legends are born and destinies entwined. Uh, fake. That is fake. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Uh, you see, the secret to surviving in this realm is running really fast in the opposite direction of danger. Works every time. It's real. That is fake. Ah, <laughs> it's a fun man. one. Through the storm's wrath, the chosen one shall rise, blazing with power. Uh, f- real. That is fake, <laughs> but it Damn. sounds so real. <laughs> it does. Uh, the world has changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Real. That is real. Can you make a guess? No. <laughs> As the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Our lives are but a flicker in the flame of eternity, yet we burn brighter than the stars. Fake. 
That is real, and you guessed it earlier. It is Stardust. Stardust. But I'm not God giving you that it. point. No, don't. Take, not. take a point from me. <laughs> Amidst the chaos, the chosen hero discovers their true strength lies within. No, fake. That is fake. That's so generic. I felt felt so fake. <laughs> so generic. In the heart of the forest, ancient magic whispers its secrets. That's real. That is fake. <laughs> God damn. Also very generic. The gods envy us. They envy us because we're mortal, because any moment might be our last. Yeah, that's real. That is real. Can you guess the movie? Um, Percy Jackson. No, but kind of the same gods. It is uh, Troy, which is kind of a ah, there we go. half fantasy movie, half real story kind of thing. Uh, across the starlit skies, their love soared, a celestial symphony. No, it's fake. That is fake. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that bullshit. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Yes. Yes. That's real. What is it from? Is that Lord of the Rings? Yes. Your first one, you got both points. That is the Fellowship yeah. of the Ring. That's Gandalf. I did it once. <laughs> the drums of war may sound, but my love for you won't waver. That sounds fake. That feels fake. fake. <laughs> You're right. Happiness can be found in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. That's real. Yes. And that's from uh, Harry Potter's. That is from the Harry Potters. Good job. Two points. Fodden only remembers to turn on the light and he flicks his hand and yes, the candle comes back. The prisoner, is that the second one? The prisoner of Azkaban. The prisoner, prisoner. All right. Yep. Beneath the moon's pale glow, destiny wields its fickle blade. They're fake. That is fake. You're right. You're going to hand it this now. I can't die. Not now. I'm too young. I haven't even been to a bar. Real. That is real. real. What's it from? Um, no, I got no clue. It's a movie you really like. Gremlins. No, it's Willow. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one, I'm not a eunuch. I just spend a lot of time alone. Real. Yes. What is it from? I have no idea. It's from powder. (laughs) Powder. (laughs) Princess Bride. (laughs) All right. Let's count those points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, I already feel like that's that's too many. There's fourteen no way points. I made that, there's no way I made that. Many but that's points. out of a possible like twenty-five. You got fourteen. That's pretty good. <laughs> that still feels generous, but okay. <laughs> good job. And that Yay. was mythical misquotes. And that brings us to some radical radical recommends. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right. This week, Radical Recommends bringing you another favorite from my household. Weiler's <laughs> Authentic Italian Ices. Ooh. It's going to be hot this summer. That's right. Kill that heat with the finest ice-cooled popsicles ever made. Weiler's Authentic Italian Ices. These aren't your dad's icy pops. <laughs> You're a dad and you like them. <laughs> They're not my dad's icy Oh, there pops. you go. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, seriously, though, Weiler's, it's just like a, a step above that 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 icy you're looking for. It's just a little smoother, a little bit nicer flavor, mm. just a little nicer in every way. Does somebody buy, find a store or you have to go get it somewhere? We, we, we found them at Costco. Okay. I got a Costco near me, but they have a six. They and even but even like Dollar Tree sells a six pack for a buck twenty five. 
Oh, not too bad. So they're all over the place. They're all over the place. Check them out. Weiler's Authentic Italian Ices. Maybe they'll be in the UK. Who knows? <laughs> and they have one that is uh, like uh, orange cream, like orange cream soda oh, my flavor. And it is it is phenomenal. That it's orange and vanilla mixed together. It's just a wonderful combination. Yep. Oh, yeah. They've got it. Weiler's Authentic Italian Ices. Sounds amazing. All right. That means it's time for some trailer reviews. <laughs> All right, so this time we uh, just dropped today as the recording of this podcast. Uh, it'll be out probably a week by the time you hear this, but it's uh, Craven the Hunter, the ongoing no one asked for series of uh, Spider-Man villains movies. Um, <laughs> first, we had Venom. Then we had the vampire one, Mor- Morbius. And now we have Craven the Hunter mm-hmm. and it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, what do you think of this trailer, Steve? It looks like good action. It's getting harder and harder for me to keep track of who's in what universe. Yeah. Especially now with like just the beginning of this one, like just like the Marvel thing flashing. And I was like, so wait, who is this then? Right. Is this Sony or okay. (laughs) Um, It does look like it's going to be more involved. I do like the idea of them investing time in villains. They haven't gotten it right yet. Right. But I like the effort they're putting into it. Like Venom wasn't terrible, but it also was not great. (laughs) Um. You know, I like this actor. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see him in another franchise, and then we get a little bit more of him. Ever since Kick-Ass, he's, he was fun in that movie. He was you so know, skinny. and then if something can become of this character, great. Otherwise, I feel like this is a throwaway. Yeah. Like, are, what are they going to do with all these Spider-Man villain movies? I hope is it culminating in something? I will. The Sinister Six is what they've been is what they've been aiming for. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know the story, we don't know much either. But it just basically, he's been a longtime comic book person he kind he goes from hero to villain just like venom kind of does um just like morbius does they're all kind of nebulous in their morality but this is very violent this trailer we watched the red band one yeah he gets he gets lion blood in him i guess it's magical lion blood i suppose unleashes the beast within him gives him super strength and agility he can talk to animals or some shit he's like the aquaman of the land he's like wolverine (laughs) With but animal with talking. Animal talking. <laughs> Wolverine meets Beastmaster. Wolverine meets Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> That's right. But but Eddie Murphy's Doctor Doolittle. Yes. More more funny and tongue in cheek. <laughs> but this movie looks not very funny. A no. lot more chopping people's heads off, biting nose off. Uh, I will say the fact that it was a red band trailer did pique my interest. Yes, that's because I was like, wow, they actually have stuff in here that would have to be red band. Okay. Yeah, just like Logan was like the first rated R like Marvel comic character movie. It was even before Deadpool, yeah, I think. They show him throwing a bear trap on a guy's face and biting it. Yeah, like they, they show all sorts of kind of crazy. That so, makes me, definitely makes me want to see it more than like Morbius or something. He seems it seems more. And plus, I like Aaron Terrell Johnson a lot more than Jared Leto. But yes, slash agree. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I don't want to get too invested because my fear is that they're going to do these movies and it's going to peter out and this is not going to go anywhere. Also, I need to Am mention I- the second uh, t- Marvel character Owen Taylor Johnson has played. He played uh, Quicksilver and died in the Marvel movies. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, you're hoping it doesn't same go thing with, Well, same thing with, uh, with Russell Crowe. He played Zeus in Love and Thunder. You're so right. here he is as some guy. They just can't find more actors, I guess. They're just no actors, and there's no American actors, certainly. <laughs> no. One is Australian. They don't exist. One is Australian, one's British. And he's playing a Russian, and then Aaron Terrell Johnson has an American accent. So it's just, 
Doesn't make a lot of no sense. No American actors at all. <laughs> um, so what do I give this one? Okay, I give this one Raul Julia. He just got out of the shower. He's got his really nice bathrobe on. He's done brushing his teeth. He shuts off the light. He meanders down to his room. He opens the door, steps in, and immediately hits a tripwire. <laughs> leading to a basket that falls on his head. He goes, hey, what is this? God damn it, Gary. Uh, and uh, from across the room for a makeshift, uh, like, bow, flies a plunger. And hits <laughs> hits Ralph really square in the junk. He goes, God damn it. And uh, Gary Busey from an office chair spinning goes, I'm craving. <laughs> I'm craving your blood. <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> so uh, that's what we're going to give this one. That's a great rating. Uh, I give this one Raul Julia out on like a 1920 style expedition hunting, hunting lions. And he's not the perfect outfit and the hat and you know, the canvas and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, I can see it in my head. The big blunderbuss, you know, and he, he shoots one of the lions and it still attacks him and he gets some lion blood in him and he he's just, he's injured, but he gets home and he gets all the way home. He opens the door to the, the house he obviously shares with Gary Busey, and he walks in and he goes, Gary, I, 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 oh, now I understand. I understand what happened to you, Gary. <laughs> wow, he just transforms. He transformed. He knows exactly what happened to Gary Busey. It was lime blood the whole time. So in this scenario, do they co-own the property, or are they, like, leasing together? So Rawl had a bad divorce. And he needed a roommate. And so the only person he could find was Gary Busey to respond to his ad in the paper. And you hear the music playing. And that's why okay, he has Gary you. Busey living there in his house. So, yeah, that's that's how Gary Busey came to be was Latin blood. Yeah, because one thing I know about Gary Busey, absolutely insane. Surprisingly good credit score. <laughs> that's right. He ran a background Raul, check. Raul, and needed, Raul needed him to sign. I get it. <laughs> oh my god well that brings us i guess to the end of episode 174 of the planners podcast that's right join us next time when we bring up the old new favorite nerd roll of fortune Fortune, where the dice will tell us what the main segment is about but until then you have to be as surprised as we are that's right it could be anything so come on back for that and be our nerdy audience we'll come on back for that and be your nerdy co-hosts Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? And how?